Welcome to Timothy Eden Memorial Church, a place for life. Connect, participate, celebrate. One of the things that I love about the scriptures is that there's so much that you can draw out of any one text. You may or may not remember that just in the fall I preached on this passage from Exodus chapter 4, a completely different sermon from what, uh, what you'll be hearing today. And uh, because anytime you read one passage, there's just so much you can go back and get more and more out of it. Uh, so thank you, Marnie, for that reading. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful for the ways that you speak to us. And we're thankful for your Holy Spirit that comes to us, that opens our hearts and minds to receive what you're saying and to hear your voice. Pray that you'll be with us now in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two men were riding a bicycle built for two, when they came to a steep hill. It took a great deal of struggle for the men to complete what proved to be a very steep climb. When they got to the top, the man in front turned to the other and said, boy, that was a hard climb. The fellow in the back replied, yes, and if I hadn't kept the brakes on the whole way, we might must, most certainly would have rolled all down the hill backwards. <laughs> have you ever been a part of a team where it felt like a few were holding the brakes on while the rest of the team was struggling to move forward? Then you know how much better things go when team members all work together with a common purpose and a common goal. Some people try to avoid that problem altogether by trying to handle everything in life by themselves. Maybe they've been hurt or let down or disappointed by people they were counting on. Maybe it's a question of, of pride going on in their hearts that they want to prove themselves or be, try to be perfect. Some people like to take that lone wolf approach to life, maybe even declaring an oath of independence, saying, I'm never going to be in a position where I need other people again. They, they turn away from that kind of vulnerability. I've been in that position myself of wanting to avoid being hurt and, or disappointed, especially with, by someone who's hurt or disappointed me in the past. I tried to convince myself when I was younger, for example, my parents raised me to be independent, to be self-assured, and when I was younger, I would say to myself, I am a strong, intelligent, independent woman, and I can take care of myself, I can do anything I put my mind to, and I don't need anyone. To a certain extent, it's true. I am intelligent and capable, and I could get by fine on my own. I was probably in my 30s, though, when I learned the real, came to understand, I should say, the real gift 
of interdependence, of allowing myself to need others and allowing myself to be needed by others as well, even if it meant being more vulnerable. It's a real gift, that interdependence, that needing and being needed by other human beings. Today is Trinity Sunday, as we heard, when we reflect on the Trinitarian nature of God, that God is Father, what we've traditionally called Father, um, the Creator of the universe, and God is Jesus, the Son, God incarnate, and God is the Holy Spirit, the one who sustains us, who is present with us, who guides us. Three persons, three persons, all of whom are one and the same God. It's one of the most complex doctrines of Christianity, one that is almost impossible to describe or explain without falling into some sort of heresy. <laughs> Whenever you try to explain it, there is always a heresy lurking right beside you. So I am just going to have to trust that none of you here today are looking to burn me at the stake. <laughs> One of the things that I love about the Trinity is that it is what it shows us about God's relational and interdependent nature. That even though God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are perfect and sufficient each unto themselves, their preference, their choice is to be in relation with one another and with creation. They want to be in relation. They don't need anybody else, anything else. They don't need it, but they, they, they together, they're together in relationship. They brought the world and the universe into being so that they could have more relationship. And um, you could say that they are the original team players. But I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that they're the original team players, lest I tread precariously close to the heresy of partialism, and you all start firing up your torches. <laughs> but if God chose to be relational, then it must be good for us too. I want to read to you a quote from a book called The Gifts of Imperfection, and it's by an author named Dr. Brene Brown, who I quoted in a sermon uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I quoted one of her other books, but this book, The Gifts of Imperfection, is my favorite of her books. Uh, I really love this book. It's, it's useful for everybody. And in this book, she writes this. She says, we weren't created by God to be alone or to do everything by ourselves. We were created for relationship. In fact, people who take the approach of not needing or accepting help from anyone often have the same attitude toward God. But we can't live our best lives without the presence, the encouragement, and sometimes even the challenge or correction that comes from other people who are a part of our lives. 
Right from the very beginning, God created two people saying that it wasn't good for one to be alone. That's because, she said, God, as the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is relationship by his very nature. And he invites us to be a part of that sacred and interdependent relationship. One of the most powerful ways that we experience the love of God is through our loving and interdependent relationships with other people, with each other. Another passage in the Bible from Ecclesiastes says this, and this is from the message, which is a a contemporary language paraphrase. In Ecclesiastes, it says, I turned my head and saw yet another wisp of smoke on its way to nothingness. A solitary person, completely alone, yet working obsessively late into the night, compulsively greedy for more and more, never bothering to ask, why am I working like a dog? And who cares anyway? More smoke. It's better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth, and if one falls down, the other helps. The Bible confirms what we already know deep down inside, that it's better to have a partner or a team even than to go it alone, than to just look out for ourselves, to just count on ourselves. It's better to share all that we have with each other for the good of the whole. Share the work, share the wealth, the time and the gifts. The basketball player Michael Jordan once said, talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence win championships. We can do some things with the gifts that God has given us, but in order to win championships, it requires a whole team working together to help and encourage each other. Another analogy that illustrates the same idea is the difference between winning a battle and winning a war. As Canadians, we take pride that in the Second World War, the Canadian military won several very important battles. But defeating the Germans took the collaboration of all of the Allied countries. No one country could have won that war alone. In so many great things that our world enjoys, teamwork is key. Who would enjoy a symphony if all the musicians were just playing the exact same notes, right? Or if they were all playing their different parts, sure, but alone in their bedrooms. No, the symphony is beautiful because the musicians all come together and play their own parts to the very best of their ability. It's not about what each one can do by themselves, but what, la- what they all sound like together. I learned this uh, from, my, from my late brother, who was in his life a, a bass player. 
and I, I owe apologies to any bass players, but I always found, like, if you just listen to the bass line itself, it's kind of boring, right? But, <laughs> but if you're listening to a song and you take that bass line out, it, it loses everything. Like, the song is nothing without that bass line. Um, so that, that part is so important. That, that one part, each and every part, is so necessary. A hockey team wins when they all play their positions well and trust their teammates that they'll play their positions well as well. If one player tried to be forward, defense, and goalie all at the same time, that team's not going to win, right? And, and nobody would want to watch that game anyway. The reading from 1 Corinthians 12 that we heard expresses the same concept with regards to the church. We all have different gifts, and on our own, each of us can do wonderful things for the glory of God when we use those gifts. But in order to build up the kingdom of God, we all, we work best, we all work together with, uh, we work best when we all work together with one spirit as one body, and Jesus Christ as the leader and then the, as the head of that body. We all work to, uh, best together when each one of us knows, knows what gifts we have and also knows what gifts we don't have. <laughs> And when we offer those gifts in the service of the church, and when we honor and respect the gifts of others who are part of our community. In the fall, I'm going to be leading a, a course, a four-week four course, on discovering God's vision for our lives, on discovering what our own gifts are and what we have, to, each one of us has to offer to the well-being of the church. So watch for that in the fall. In the Old Testament reading, Moses was called by God to, to, to do a job that he could never have done on his own. And you'll remember through the fall, we heard that whole story from Exodus about Moses and, and what God called him to do. He was leading hundreds of thousands of people out of the only country they had ever known into the desert on their way to some land that they didn't know and to set up lives there. It was a huge task. And, and the people were stubborn and grumpy and negative and complaining all the way. And Moses felt the weight of that responsibility resting heavily on his shoulders. He knew he couldn't do this alone. So God gave Moses a teammate, a great teammate, his brother Aaron, right? Aaron had gifts that Moses didn't have. Moses had gifts that Aaron didn't have. And later he uh, would build an even bigger team of elders from within the community who would all support one another and lead the people. It would be natural to think that if God calls us to do something, then God will give us everything we need to carry out the task, that task. That's what we 
teach, right? We teach that if God calls you to do something, God will give you what you need to carry out the task, and he does. But what he doesn't do very often is give all of the pieces to one person. He often gives us what we need to complete a task in the form of other people who have different gifts from ours. Even the great Moses couldn't do what he was called to do by himself, even though he had a very close and intimate relationship with God. He still couldn't do it by himself. In this passage, God reminds Moses that while he has the gifts of wisdom and faith that's so necessary, his brother Aaron has speaking gifts that can be put to use for leading God's people. Together, they will be able to carry out the momentous task that neither one of them would be able to do alone. In this sense, there is freedom and power in admitting our weaknesses and in, in admitting what, what gifts we don't have, right? Being real about our need for the gifts and wisdom that others bring allows us to come into relationships of mutual support and encouragement and allows us to experience success in the tasks that we are called to, success that glorifies God and brings joy and fulfillment to our lives. Moses and Aaron's gifts complemented each other in a way that made them definitely better together. I want to tell you a story. One Sunday morning, a pastor encouraged his congregation, a pastor was encouraging his congregation to consider the potential for their church. And he told them with great passion, he said, with God's guidance, we will see the day when this church will go from crawling to walking. And the people were excited, and they responded, let the church walk, pastor. Let the church walk. So he continued. He got more fired up. And when the church begins to walk, next the church can begin to run. And the people shouted, let the church run, pastor. Let the church run. And the pastor continued, totally on fire by now. And finally, the church can move from running to flying. Oh, yes, this church can fly. But of course, it's going to take a lot of work for that to happen. Every one of us must be fully committed. The congregation grew quiet. And from the back, someone mumbled, Let the church crawl, Pastor. Let the church crawl. Our church can fly too, right? Our church can fly, but it takes cooperative teamwork and a commitment to encouraging and supporting one another. Together, we have seen uh, how things come together when people work together. Things like the Chili Day Chili event and the Arts and Treasures sale and Spirit Express, 
all these things are a great collaborative effort that depends on so many volunteers who come together with their own special gifts. Imagine if we all pulled together in other areas of the church's life as well. If we all pulled together to build up the Sunday school and the youth ministry. If we all pulled together in praying for transformation. If we pulled together in inviting our neighbors to come and join us in worship. If we joined our gifts together in reaching out to serve our community in trying new things and coming up with new ideas, in learning and growing and encouraging each other. Imagine how this church could fly with all of our gifts working together. When we all put our time and our talents together for the good of the whole, working as a team, together, following the relational and interdependent way of the Holy Trinity, then we can be a church that makes a positive impact in the world around us. Thanks be to God. Amen.